All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing Mr. Sam. Spin the one and twos. 1-800-707-9760 is the number to participate. Today's show is being presented by HazelSkyOnline.com. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Tylau Orchid, located at the Dominion. If you're out shopping at the rim by the Dominion area, make sure you stop by Tylau Orchid. They're open five days a week, Monday through Friday from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Nice family atmosphere to eat at and Nice menu. Been me and my family have been eating there for years. That is Tylau Orchid, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right. So um, before we dive into a little bit of the uh, NFL talk and the Saints trade and stuff, uh, we'll go back to the phones. Uh, let's go to Casey Rob. Casey Rob checking in with us today on this Tuesday after his Kansas Jayhawks won a championship. What's up, Rob? You're on Ticket 760 and 1300 The Zone. What's up, man? What's up, man? Channeling my inner Ric Flair with a tear in my eye. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh, hey, man, uh, it, last night, hell of a night, had fun, man. I, I got to party with some friends with the KU Alumni Association. A lot of, lot of big Jayhawk, uh, you know, alum and fans here. So anybody, man, enjoy a rock chalk. But it was a hell of a game last night, man. I mean, it was it was nothing less of a dogfight, and that that's what you expect when you got two blue bloods going at it. And hmm. Bill, you know, he made hell of adjustments at half, and and Bill, we we have a saying among among us Kansas fans. He turns fifty shades of red. <laughs> he turned fifty shades of red. I'm pretty sure at halftime, man. Yeah. But uh, man, it, it was a beautiful thing to see, man. I mean. You know, much as, you know, I love, you know, Oates, you know, he got, you know, most often, you know, outstanding player. Big Dave McCormick should have won that last night. He yeah. kept Kansas in that game. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Wilson, he always says, man, a board man gets paid. You know, he made some, you know, key uh, rebounds when, when Kansas, you know, when his shot wasn't going in. You know, Christian Brown, same thing he balled out to. And me, as much as I hate North Carolina with a passion, it's because of the whole Roy Williams thing. Um Hubert Davis is one hell of a coach, man. He earned my respect through the whole tournament, man. Hmm. Just the way his coaching style is. I mean, Roy's always been known for run and gun, but Hubert is everything. All right. Yeah, Rob, we kind of break it up on the line, man. But but no, I appreciate the phone call. Congrats. Yeah. No, Hubert Davis is he's really um you know, I think Hubert Davis has learned a lot of people's respect. I mean, you know, they started off kind of slow. Uh, had some blowouts. It didn't look, I mean, no one really had them being a, a finals team, let alone a final four team. So I think, um, Hubert Davis definitely was playing with house money, but definitely gained respect, uh, from a lot of people, uh, across the land in regards to what he does. I mean, because again, there's a lot of, I mean, I don't care what sport it is. Anytime you replace a legend, especially as a coach, I mean, whoever's going to replace Pop here is going to have some hell of a, it's going to be a lot of pressure. It's going to be some tough, excuse me, some tough shoes to fill. You know, so, um, no, without a doubt, uh, Rob, I think, uh, Uber Davis basically earned a lot of people's respect. But I kind of agree with you on the MVP as well, too. I mean, like I said, the, the Abaji, the kid that won it, I mean, he's really the main NBA prototype, prototypical type of player that's going to make it to the league off of this roster. I'm not saying any of them can't, but he's the guy that, yeah. So, but I just think he got bailed out last night. He had a rough night shooting, and really, he just missed too many free throws. He, I mean, I, I felt bad for him if they were going to lose the game because it was going to come down to their free throws that he had he had missed. Speaking really quick on that respect to Coach Davis, 
So if you're looking at next year, because, of course, we can never stay in the moment for too long, uh, CBS Sports HQ today had tweeted out uh, the top 10, their projection for next Mm. season. Okay. Who do you think is at number one? Number one for next season? Next season for college basketball. And that's a good question. I would have to go with... And well, first of all, I know the top recruiting class was won by Arkansas. So Arkansas would have to be up there as the top two. I don't know if they're number one. Um, I don't know. You stump me, but I know Arkansas has to be up there because I know they've got the top recruiting class coming in the next year. Arkansas makes the top ten, but they're not number one. Number one goes to UCLA. I was going to say that. Then they've got Coach Davis's North Carolina at two. Rapid Fire here, Kentucky 3, Baylor 4, Houston 5, Arkansas 6, Gonzaga 7, Kansas 8, Duke 9, Tennessee 10. Do you uh, agree, disagree, think Coach Beard should have his team up there too? I don't know if I don't know if Texas I don't know if Texas is worthy to be up there yet. I think Beard's going to have them going the right direction. I mean, I mean, you can see what he left for Texas Tech this year. UCLA, I was going to say UCLA, but I wasn't for sure. Arkansas, I know they have a they they landed at least three of the top like McDonald All Americans uh, coming in. I mean, I think Eric Musselman's done a hell of a job down in Arkansas as well too, and their style that they play. Uh, but no, I mean, to me, I don't, it's early. I mean, to me, I've got to see, you know, I've never, a lot of that stuff experts put out just to, especially in the day and age now of gambling and futures, a lot of people put that stuff out just to, you know, generate conversation and look ahead. But I'd, I'd like to see how it plays out early on, probably midway during the year before I really see like, okay, this team is serious. That team is nothing, but yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, but too but much. Coach Davis and his Tar Heels being there at number two, that's that's a good fit. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, because Tar Heels is never going to – I mean, you have – I mean, that's North Carolina, and then you have MJ back in that program, Michael Jordan. I mean, that's his alma mater, the, the resources, the you know, the Jordan brand for young kids. I mean, recruit – I mean, that yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't shock me because they're going to have – they're going to kindly keep talent kind of come in there. I think the only reason why they were an A seed and the only reason why they struggled is because you went for the first year replacing a legend. And Roy Williams, it was his first year. But think about that. You can't sneeze at that. Your first year in North Carolina and you make it to the final game and you were pretty much minutes away, 18, 19 minutes away of, of winning the whole thing. There's nothing wrong with that. 1-800-707-9760. All right, switching gears. We're going to get to uh, Fernando's phone call and Mike here in a minute. But switching gears, I want to put this out to you because it kind of broke – uh, yesterday while we are on air, but the Saints trade with the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, the tail of the tape of this one, break this one down for me, Jonas. Give me the uh, the pick swaps and everything that's going on, and I'm going to give you my thoughts on this. Yeah, so according to Adam Schefter, that trade, the Eagles are sending number 16 and number 19. Of course, the Philadelphia does have three picks in this year's first round. They're moving 16, 19, and 194, which is a sixth-round pick. Uh, to the Saints in exchange for number 18, uh, number 101, which is a third-round pick, a number 237, which is a seventh-round pick, and a first-round pick in 2023 and a second in 2024. Okay, there's two ways that I look at this. Immediately with the Saints and Mickey Loomis and them and and Nolan going into replace, talking about replacing legends, uh, replacing Sean Payton, um, 
don't assume that auto because people look at it to where well Jameis Winston's there. They do this trade evidently they like a quarterback in this draft. Not so fast. Um, I think their tackle position that they lost, their free agent, the big loss to them in their left tackle, I think it was. And I look at the receivers. I think that there's this trade is that they're going to be eyeing one or two receivers because they look at a defense that I've been saying that I believe is championship ready, a defense that has Tom Brady's number. They're 4-0 against the Bucks in the regular season. I think they're looking at more, not necessarily a quarterback, more the receiver position or that tackle position, a skilled guy. So they got they got an opportunity to pick two. Nice fun fact. This there are I'm I'm pretty much a bet you a dollar to donut. I might be off, but I'm gonna take a step, but I'm pretty sure. There are at least and I've counted there are eight teams. Before I get to my Philly take, there's eight teams that have multiple picks in the first round in April's draft in a few weeks. That is a record. I think before that, the most teams that we've had with multiple picks in the first round was six. There's eight teams by this move here. Okay, um, and I'll let Jonas Fat check me on that one. But um, other than that, the other part of this trade with Philly, this is what this does. Philly have a lot of picks over the next couple of years. And what they did to make this move is what they've seen, and this is why I say it's always a copycat league. They're going to look at it and say, okay, Mr. Roll Tide, Mr. Jalen Hurts, show us what you got. Because if not, we're going to wait in the wings for the next established quarterback that's coming off offseason that's going to be complaining and, and, and griping and moaning that they want out. And we're going to have all these picks to either go up and get the quarterback of next year, whether that be the Ohio State quarterback, whether it be whoever, or we're going to go out we could trade for another veteran. That's what Philly's doing. Philly, they're look, you know, we know their fans can be asses. Speaking of Phillies, I know Dallas Cowboys can't stand. That's a rivalry with the Eagles. But I will tell you, Howie Roseman and the guys up there, this is a situation where if you look at the Chip Kelly era that was a debacle, they recovered from that immediately and went and won a Super Bowl with Doug Peterson. They moved on from a, a, a Super Bowl quarterback. And Nick Foles, they moved on from a Super Bowl coach. And look what they're doing now and the picks they've got over the next few years. They really rebound pretty damn good. They The Philly doesn't stay down for long, okay? They're not like the Cincinnati Bengals who's down for long. I mean, they had some com- competitive years with, with you know, Mar- they're, they're not like the Cleveland Browns who's down for decades, can't get – Philly doesn't stay down that long, man. You got to, but go look at the picks they're gonna have over that career. That's what it's about. Hey, man, we're gonna probably give you some weapons more. You know, we we you got Smith. We might go out and get another one to go ahead and put. Let's see what you got, Jalen Hurts. Because if not, we're going to move. We got enough capital to move up to go get the quarterback next year's draft, or we can go ahead and just get. We can pull a Matthew Stafford. We can pull a Russell Wilson. We can pull a Cleveland Deshaun. That's where we're at, man. Because there's teams, and this is why it's important, and this is what Tampa Bay did. This is kind of what the Rams did. You like Due to the fact that they don't grow on trees, speaking quarterbacks, you've got to concentrate. You've got to hope you root for a team that believes in building through the draft. Like Build your team from the inside out into other skill positions until you find that quarterback. Some people just go, some GMs and some organizations, they just keep going and going, and all they care about, we just got to get quarterback. Well, what's around them? 
then just imagine if you build your team through the draft and then you have a quarterback that's free agent or you have a quarterback that wants to change scenery and then you got the picks to go and you can give up those picks because you've drafted well in the last couple of years. Look at the team in Colorado. Perfect example. They missed and struck out on like six or seven quarterbacks in the last six or seven years. And just up until last about two years ago, they made a decision like, you know what, man, we're just going to try to build a roster. We keep missing at this thing. John keeps swinging. Can't land one. We're searching for a new owner. Let's just try to build our team first. And that's why in 2022, oh, man, yeah, we'll give you those picks for us. Yeah, we get them because we've already got the – and, and not only that, we've assembled one of the youngest teams in the NFL. Yeah. That's what good organizations do. Even an organization like Denver that's been in chaos for the last four years because no ownership. They still had the right mind. Let's, let's build it first. Tampa Bay, built the roster first. Okay? Let's go get a top linebacker. Let's go get an let's go get a good one. Let's get oh, by the way, Tom Brady wants out of New England. Look at this, Lord. Come over here. The Rams. Oh, hey, Matthew Stafford. They said, hey, come over here. That's what you do, and that's where these teams are going. It's either gonna this is where it's at. Either you're gonna be in the group of teams that are you looking to acquire picks. And just acquire as much picks as you can and trade off these name, these big name guys that you might have as agent. And then the other half are going to be acquiring picks and say, okay, we've got the ammo to go move up or to go trade for our quarterback. Copycat league. It's always been. I knew once everybody tried to copycat the Wildcat over about 15 years ago, that damn gimmicky offense. But the Dolphins came in with all that crap they were running. I knew that if, if anybody tried to copycat that, I know everything was going to be a copycat. And this proves that. Props to Philly, man. They doing it. That's the reason why you look at them Cowboys, man. That window, that, that window is getting real close, pretty good. And if you listen to the Commanders, if you listen to Ron Rivera talk about the Commanders, I mean, hell, he thinks Carson Wentz might have landed in the right spot that he's ready. He could take him on and, and, and ride him the next few years. Which the Commanders, by the way, they're in the news again for wrong things. Allegedly, their ownership, Snyder, has been uh, tailing back money and keeping money revenue from ticket sales and bonuses from other owners. I mean, you're supposed to share this pot. They've been kicking the books. And if that is true, how does this guy keep this team? If if he, if he if, if you're in the fraternity club and you've got 31 other people that look at you and you're hiding revenue money from other owners for ticket sales or commercial, whatever that revenue sharing pot is, and you're hiding that, and you go from the sex scandal where they've already told you stay away, let your wife handle it, how does that guy keep his team? It's not a good look for the NFL. Now you hiding money from us? Now the significant other is hiding money from us? You got a secret account that I didn't know about? You planning on leaving me? How the hell does that guy keep his team, man, if that is true? Like I said, the commanders, they're, they're just, they could change. Their, and I know why Ron Rivera is getting upset, because it's been negativity news after negativity news every offseason about them. And I just think they're cursed. It goes back from the name change. It took too long to change that name. And it is what it is. Snyder's got to go. If this report is true, Snyder's got to go along with Ross up in Miami if that report is true. If you really want to clean this thing up, then you got to go ahead and start shipping guys out. It's a privilege to own an NFL team. You can have all the money in the world. That don't mean you can just buy an NFL team. Denver process is taking forever because they've got like eight or ten people that they're trying to vet through. Now, I do believe that they're getting kind of present like, hey, man, make sure they're sure they black. Try to find a black guy that we get approved in here. Get them off his ass. Get them off our asses. That's what's taking a while up there. Like, which one are we going to take? Kanye, oh, hell no, he's crazy. We ain't going to let Kanye in here. You know, that's what they're looking at. 
So that's why I say, but props to Philly, man. That's what that trade's about. Saints get an opportunity to go get a receiver too, or that left tackle. I don't think it's for a quarterback in this draft, and the Philly is lining up picks for the next two years of where if it don't happen for Jalen Hurts, they're going to let him rock. But next year we got enough ammo to move up, and every team is going to be in that situation, especially when you see some success from teams that made that move this year. So looking at this year's draft, you have the Giants have two top ten picks. The Jets have two top ten picks. The Texans have two top 15 picks. The Saints have two top 20 picks. The Packers, Lions, Eagles, and Chiefs all join them with multiple first-round picks at at eight total. Oh, see, there you go. I was right. So you're eight teams there. Obviously, these picks have to come from somewhere. Eight teams are not drafting in the first round this year. Chicago, Denver, uh, San Francisco, Las Vegas, Miami, Los Angeles Rams, the Cleveland Browns, and the Indianapolis Colts. And the only ones out of that list you make sense that makes sense that's not drafting this year are the Denver Broncos and the Cleveland Browns. Everybody else I'd have to look and head scratch and be like, uh, you should have probably a first round pick. What, what what was that? How's that working out for you? You think you put the uh, the Niners in that situation as well? I, I think the Niners in that situation too because I'm looking at they they still ain't cut Jimmy. Jimmy's doing subway commercials with his auntie or whatever. Like, oh, thank God he's handsome. I mean, where's Jimmy got to get out of there? You got Trey over there that you gave up three first rounders for. So, well, well, that's the thing. Then, then they are in that boat. Like, you ain't got no first round picks, but you still got this guy that you bet against, and you got Trey over there. They're heading in the same situation as Jordan Love. But I believe that stuff will work out. I know you're hoping for hoping for the other, but that's just the way it is, man. It's a copycat league. I told you, I thought it was eight. But, uh, but yet still, I never researched or read anything for this show. But I just know because I live in real time. And I figured it was eight because I followed that league like the back of my hand. But when we get back, we're going to get to Fernando. Let's talk a little Tiger Woods. Then we'll get to Mike's phone call. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by HazelSkyOnline.com. We'll be back. Ready for a real cocktail? Introducing new Zing Zang ready-to-drink cocktails in a can. America's number one Bloody Mary mix with vodka. Zing Zang margaritas, tequila included. And whiskey sours with real Kentucky bourbon. Ready for no one to have to bartend. Real cocktails, real ingredients, really good. New Zing Zang full-strength canned cocktails. Legendary taste, legendary day. Always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. If you've been accused of a crime, you need trusted and aggressive representation. You need the LaHood Norton Law Group. Over 80 years of combined experience handling both federal and state cases. All of their lawyers are former high-level prosecutors who know the justice system from all sides. For a free consultation, 210-797-7700 or LaHoodNorton.com. Principal Office San Antonio, the LaHood Norton Law Group. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Today's show was presented by HazelSkyOnline.com. And this last segment is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. Two words, a key to any perfect cocktail, and that's Zing Zang. Make sure you try out their pre-made alcoholic drinks. Or you can just stick to the mix and add your own favorite alcohol. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, so... Real quick, before we get to the phones, uh, we've got some comments and stuff on Facebook Live that we'll share with everybody. What do we got, Jonas? Yeah, definitely with the Tiger Woods conversation from earlier mm-hmm. uh, popping off. You had Claudia and Carl Polk in here. Uh, Tiger doesn't, speaking of your, your uh, Tiger setting off uh, TSA 
metal detectors <laughs> with all of the screws that have to be in his body. Uh, I said Tiger doesn't use uh, TSA. He's got his own plane. True. Uh, he isn't in line with the common folk. Facts. Uh, no doubt. But you get it. It's just the fact he's got metals all in his, his body, but I get you. Well, that, and we folk. also know the fact that we were tracking his plane just a week ago on his way to Augusta, so... There, yeah. There's that. We hear you. Uh, Frank Valdez, continuing on uh, Tiger. Uh, speaking of Charlie, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Tiger's son, that he, saying that his son might be able to duplicate his longevity. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, I would say his, his, I think his passion, I mean, his young son could keep his passion burning for golf. I know he talked about it in the press. He said, hey, well, you know, he didn't plan on playing a part three, but Charlie couldn't resist, you know. So now it's the fact that, wow, this guy's getting – to play with his son. I mean, that's what LeBron's wanted to do. You know, that's why LeBron, the only difference is Tiger's in a sport that you can stay around a little bit till that happens, until you're about close to 50 and a little bit of 50 in regards to playing golf. But I get it. I get it. All right, before I get a couple other takes, let's go to the phones. Let's go to Fernando. Fernando, you're on the sports ground here on Ticket 760 and 1300 Zone. What's up, Fernando? Thanks for having me, Calvin. I just wanted to chime in on Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he came back a year too early. Uh, I think I saw some of the highlights where he's kind of like limping around a little bit out there, but I'm not sure. But that being said, you know, I, I can uh, appreciate what he's trying to do. And uh, if, if, he even, if he's flirting with the cut right after Friday, I think that that's going to be a tremendous achievement. Mm-hmm. But if he makes the cut, what I don't like and what I hate is that CBS is going to turn it into a, a love affair into a slobber fest and everything will be about him. Even if he's in last place, you know, forget the leaders, you know, I, I've seen it before, you know, and he moves a needle, you know, right. I, I have no doubt about that. So yeah. I know why they're doing it, but it's just a little bit too much. You know, it's like a 16 year old girl at a Beatles concert, you know, wow. and ESPN, I mean, they're going to do the same thing. So I'm a golfer and I appreciate what he's doing. And I think he's the goat. Mm. But like I said, it's just a little bit too much for me if he does do that. Right. So I'll probably be out golfing on Sunday anyway. Uh, so that's that's my two cents. All right, all right Fernando. Beatles <laughs> kind of I kind of caught where I think that was going. But anyway, look, yeah, and I, and I I appreciate Fernando's phone call. The only thing I could say to that is I get it. It can be disturbing because look, when he was even when his prime, when he was his prime, you got a lot of his peers. That got to keep in mind. I mean, look, these Rory's of the world, these Kepka's, all these guys, Bryce, all these dudes, go ask VJ Singh, Phil, Ernie Els, go ask that crew how it felt showing up to a tournament majors and half of your 30 minutes, but people don't like to deal with the press anyway. 30 minutes of your press was asking questions about some other guy. They had to really do it. So that brought up resentment from his peers. Now, if you're talking about the fan of saying, hey, like you said, e, I'm a fan of Tiger. And speaking of Fernando, what he's saying, hey, but you know what? That's a little too much. Even if, Hey, but you know what? I put that a lot of blame on some of these other guys, these young guys. They haven't done, and I get it, the bar, no one's expecting somebody else to be Tiger. I mean, nobody thought somebody was going to come around and be Jack. But my thing is, is that it's up to these other guys to go ahead and do something captivating. I mean, like this could be a guy that's, you know, even if you're on like, Hey, is he going to make it two majors in a row or three? And we don't have that. It's been a consistency until he moves. Somebody else moves the needle. And it's not about the golf fan. See, Fernando is a diehard golf fan. Like he's going to be golfing on Sundays with the masters. He's a golf guy. I'm talking like Andy Everett's going to watch the masters, no matter who's in it. 
He was watching golf way before Tiger King, even though everybody knows Andy Evans is a big Tiger Woods fan. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the guy who's the basketball guy, the guy who's never swung a pair of clubs in his life, but he knows Tiger Woods as much CTV. No one else can feel that, man. And at the end of the day, <laughs> and look, all these guys who can sit there and not have their stuff and not win, oh, I finished 70? Well, damn, I'm still walking around with $1.5 million take home, 800000 That's because of this guy. That's moving the needle. So I get it. I get it. It can be overload, but you can't blame that. You know, don't hate the player, hate the game, man. It, it is what it is. At 46, he's still, it's still new. Like I said, we coming off a national championship and his press conference that we knew already that he was at Augusta is the leading story today. Think about that. Just think about that. But anyway, go ahead. And one of the things, too, I mean, of course, all of the golfers competing this weekend have been asked about Tiger. And they're all ex- the, the 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 review seems to be positive. Of course, I don't know that you can say negative about you know the Tiger's comeback, mm. but I think that they all too know too that if they were to have their their shining moment, if you will, um, that it's going to be it would it would be likely to happen. They they can make that happen with all of the eyes of the sports world on them because Tiger's out there this weekend. And I don't anticipate none of this crop making any negative comments about Tiger in regards to having to answer questions or about Tiger because a lot of these guys grew up with this poster on the wall, you know, with their poster. Like, that's different from that Doing era. I'm taking the Ernie L's and all that. Like, they were in the game before. Like, these guys grew up with the poster of him on the wall. So, of course, they're going to be like, hey, man, that's Tiger. You know, that's my idol, you know. It's like that movie with, uh, what was that, uh, my man Mark Wahlberg, that rock star movie, when he's a rock star. Yeah, I grew up with these pictures on these walls, and now I'm one of them. That's those guys, man. They in awe. They ain't going to say nothing bad about them. But like I said, the average person will be there. Because I guarantee you, if he's in contention, if he's a top five, top ten, Fernando's canceling that tea time and bucking it till Monday. That's just the way it goes. Let's keep it going. Let's go to Mike. Mike, you're on the sports ground here on Ticket 716 and 1300 Zone. What's up, Mike? <laughs> Yeah, man, this, this is uh, mainly, well, for Jonas, and uh, you can you can chime in too, man. I, I got some interesting news about the um, Tom Brady situation. I was checking up on it just over the weekend, and, you know, some people are trying to put two and two together. If you look at the Antonio Brown situation, uh, Tom Brady brought Antonio Brown in the New England things didn't work out. Okay, he brought he brought Antonio Brown to Tampa Bay. Bruce Arians he didn't have he didn't want to have nothing to do with Antonio Brown, but he brought him in because he he wanted to make Tom Brady happy. Okay, you remember what happened on the sideline when when Antonio Brown took off his uniform and walked out the field? That was because Bruce Arians told him to get the hell off the field if he didn't want to play. And a lot of people believe that that created some friction between Bruce Arians and Brady. Because he kicked his receiver off of the team, and, and that might have cost the uh, that might have cost Tampa Bay a playoff. You know, getting into the Super Bowl if they would have had Brown. And somebody told me that that's probably the reason why there was a lot of friction between Arians and uh, Brady was because of Antonio Brown. And I'd like to hear what you think about this Antonio Brown deal. And I think all today. All right, Mike. Your uh, thanks for the phone call. Your door's ajar. I kept hearing the beeping sound. Your door's ajar. Um, that's why today's cars, uh, driving AC's car, being her car with those bins and stuff. Today, it's almost hard to be in a car and not put your seatbelt on. Like to pick up with that noise, it's just anyway. But anyway, Mike, so the, the, the Antonio Brown situation, Jones, you have thought, I mean, to me, 
Look, if they say there's no freaks, evidently with the retire, I think it's more than the Antonio Brown. It's more the timing of retiring, not that they said it was that. I just I don't look at it. Tom Brady really retired. He didn't. He was forced to make a haste decision, and before the league year started, he came back. But I mean, do you read anything with the well because of that and Antonio Brown? I don't know about that. I mean, I I. I kind of think I'm with Mike a little bit there uh, to where you could see that that Tom bringing in his guys and, and Bruce not playing along with his guys, the way that Tom has constructed this team, a little bit of that power struggle. There was reports that there were power str- that was a power struggle on how that offense was called uh, in 2020 as well. You know, even a, a whole year ago that Tom took more, more control of that offense as the the season wore on and and that he helped guide them to the Super Bowl win and but I don't think that I wouldn't go as so as far to say and then and then it's weird because you see Tom's knee jerk reaction oh well if this is how you're going to play things Bruce then I'm going to go ahead and retire because I don't want to be a part of this and then it's uh ownership maybe coming back to Tom and being like Tom well you know we really like to bring you back cuz we can't hit anybody in this free agent market um and Tom says okay well it's me or Bruce and then Bruce is like, well, and they're like, well, we still got our relationship with Bruce to maintain, too. We can't just fire a Super Bowl winning coach with his resume. Hey, Bruce, what do you think about a front office job? If you want to go down and follow the breadcrumbs and go down that rabbit hole, you totally can. But I think that where it, where I lose that trail is the fact that Tom was pretty hush hush afterwards with the A.B. situation when he went off the field. And then I feel like we would have heard something by now about Antonio Brown coming back to the Buccaneers for Tom wanting to take care of his guy again. Well, first of all, I, I think that if it's any friction or this was like Amir or Bruce or what, it had to do the way Bruce coaches hard and basically Brady looking like I'm tired of getting chewed out on Mondays and filming. Like, I get it, man. I, I think it had to do more than the, even if it's that than Antonio Brown. Look, do, you don't think. Tom Brady felt a certain way after he let Antonio Brown live with him and Giselle that put him in his house and he co-signed for him. Tom could have been upset because the way the season was going, the injuries, and you lose A.B., you lost another receiver in Goodwin. He could be flustered because we saw it in his last years in New England, but you don't think Tom Brady agreed why Bruce, Bruce Aarons had to go ahead and let A.B. off of that team after he just walked off in the middle of a game in the field? I mean, come on. Even Tom would be, whether it makes his chance of winning a Super Bowl less or not, Tom would get that. Tom would probably pissed off anything like, yo, bro, like I brought you, I co-signed for you. You pulling this? I don't think it has anything to do about the A-B thing. If there's any friction, which they say is not, it has to do with basically, look, I don't want to be coached that hard in my last year of playing, last couple of years playing. I had to put up with 20 years of Bill Belichick doing the same thing. You're not going to be married to a woman or a man for 20 years and be putting up with stuff that you really didn't, but the love kept you, and then you separate, and when you decide to move on to another partner, you're going to go pick that woman or man that got the same damn traits. I know I'm not. I tell AC all the time, like, man, let me tell you something. If something ever happens to us, because I know it's a pain in the ass being with me, and there's things you sacrifice being with me, but make no mistake about it. If anything ever happens to us, this woman, I'm looking for somebody that does this, that does this, or you do that. Now, that's an ass of me maybe sometime, but that's the true love that I've got in relationship with AC. And Jonas has been around us on a trip, too, so he knows how it is. He's seen the inside. He's gotten the uh, behind-the-scenes look of not the production from two to four, you know, in AC's tweet. She's seen the real thing, but I love her. But I've always told her, like, she's always told me, like, yeah, if I have another man, it ain't going to be that. It's not going to be somebody that's boring like you. Somebody likes to travel. You're just boring. 
What the hell are you staying here then for? Something's keeping you. Okay, something's keeping you. The performance and some drugs that I'm on the keep. But anyway, um, yeah, they ain't gonna do that, man. That he, he doesn't want to be coached hard. He doesn't want to be coached that hard. That's just it. But I know Mike likes to go down the rabbit hole. He's tired of talking about Houston. He thinks that's hey, I'm gonna tell you this. But anyway, all right, couple other things. What have we got? We didn't we talked about we didn't talk about the Pete Carroll thing. Pete Carroll supposedly is catching a lot of hell from owners because he stood up in this owners meeting and said, Hey, it's on y'all. Y'all are at fault for the minority hiring. We got to step up, and it starts with owners. And Pete had one of those when keeping it real goes wrong moments, like Dave Chappelle used to have on the show, and now the owners are pretty pissed off at Pete. And I told you yesterday with the Kaepernick thing, Pete is one of these that, like, you talking a lot, man. Like, I get it, Pete. Like, it it was either, like, it wasn't really you or Russell. Like, Russell wanted to get out of there, and you got tired of Russell basically saying, hey, you know what, man, we, we need to do some more things offensively-wise than this whole two cards, two clouds and a, two yards and a cloud of dust we're doing Marshawn Lynch. We need to, oh, hey, I can't have that. Pete, I, and I started me thinking, and I don't know this, but I'm trying to think, okay, Pete, how many African-Americans, because keep in mind, when we talk minorities, when this whole, you know, keeps getting floated around in the NFL, we're not really talking about women, even though they're included. We're not talking about Hispanics. We're talking about black people. And the African-Americans, and this is what it is, is when we talk about the minority hiring. So my thing, I was asking Pete, would like to ask Pete, how many black coaches have you hired? Now, I know there's Ken Norton that's been a defensive coordinator for a while. I would have to go back to see how many brothers have you hired. I mean, but Pete is on this kick, man. Pete Carroll's on this. He's on one. Well, he's had two, and both on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry, it's Chris Richard, uh-huh. uh, 2017, uh, 2015 to 2017. That's yeah. it. And so when you look at, you know, Gandhi had that great saying, be the change you want to see in the world. So you're willing to talk the talk, but are you willing to walk the walk? Can you be that change? Are you going to be the one to start making the hire to go to the front office and say, hey, I want Kaepernick. I'm not going to just say somebody needs to pick him up. I'm going to say, go get me Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, well, that's the thing with Pete. Like if he keeps talking about the Colin thing, then give him a shot. That's what I'm saying. You sign him. I mean, Snyder, you can get Snyder, you can go on there, but he's picking a fight with these owners, but they're looking at him a certain way. One other note before we get out of here, too, we didn't have time to get into it really, but baseball. You know, we're a few days from opening day, and baseball has let us know that they've now approved an electronic device that they're going to allow pitchers to use to help against to prevent sign stealing. But I started me thinking, like, man, this whole scandal with electronic devices that the Houston Astros and whoever took place in that banned people that basically serve fines, we're going to let the can opener, we're going to let the can of worms open with basically allowing pitchers to have electronic, do some electronic device? Because, because you're using the electronic device that I've approved. We vetted this process. But we we'll vetted it, but it tomorrow, yeah, you though. vetted it, but you have somebody that's going to try to hack that. There's going to be some Major League Baseball team trying to hire some Russian to hack into that damn thing from the dugout. Anyway, I just think if you keep electronics away, it keeps that. That's my opinion. We'll get more into it tomorrow. That's a wrap for today. Special thanks to producer of this show, Jonas Clark, Mr. Sandspin, the one and twos, San Antonio, Austin, Del Rio, people of Tyler, people of the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning for it's a snooze button, before you roll out the rack, just ask yourself, you grind in peace. See you tomorrow.